Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to your Friday Buckeye talk. We're not we're talking. We're just talking. The Buckeye Retalkables about Ohio State, Oregon, the Rose Bowl that ended the 2009 season. That's coming. That's probably going to be a bonus Saturday pod at this point. But there's too much news happening for that to be the Friday pod. Doug Maurice, Nathan Baird, Stephen Means here with what is happening with Ohio State football. Wyatt Davis announced on Friday, uh, excuse me, announced on Thursday that he is opting out. No, it is Friday. It is Friday. Woo, mama. Announced Friday he's opting out which is not a shock, but we need to talk about it. And then Ryan Day sent a public letter on Thursday about his hope for a mid-October season. Let's start with the freshest news. Nathan, you have a story up about this, originally reported by Pete Thamel. Wyatt Davis talked to him. Wyatt Davis opting out. Where, where are you, how would you characterize on a scale of one to 10 your surprise? First of all, at any Ohio State opt-out at this point in the process? And then if there was going to be one, that it's Wyatt Davis first. You know, zero surprise that an Ohio State player opted out. I was a little bit surprised maybe that we hadn't had one yet. And uh, the more I think about it, when it first happened, when I saw it was Wyatt Davis, I was at like maybe a six and a half or seven. Now it's probably more like a four the more I think about it. Um, just because he, 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 he doesn't need to play this next season to be a first-round talent. And this is, I think, like I said, I, I, any Ohio State player opting out right now to me is a zero because the uncertainty that the Big Ten has left them with to this point is kind of pushing them in that direction. And and it was it's it, surprising almost that there hadn't been one yet. Really, I mean, every other major program in the Big Ten, I think, has had an opt out. Not across the country, there are some that haven't. But I mean, obviously, Penn State's had several. Um, it, it's become fairly common within the Big Ten to have guys stepping aside. So at least the, the top guys, the number the first round draft pick projected guys. So not, not that much of a shock. Steven, where were you? Uh, I'm pretty shocked. He was first. I'm not shocked. He did it, but I'm shocked. He's first. I thought the order would be probably Sean Wade first and then followed by Justin Fields because Justin Fields is going to be a top 10 pick. And Randy Wade's already come out and said, if Sean, if there's no fall season that Sean Wade's not playing, which he, we know he said that, but there's been no official announcement that Sean Wade is not, is opting out for the NFL draft yet. But I thought one of those two would be first. So the one thing is, I, I, to me, this is the first opt-out of a, on a true national title contender. Because I think there's only three true frontline national title contenders. And we've said that all along. That I, no Bama guys have opted out, right? No Bama guys. No Clemson. No, no significant guys. ones that I know of, yeah. No Clemson guys have opted out. So, Probably the biggest would be Jamar Chase at LSU for the defending national champs, but LSU had already lost a lot already. Um, Panay Sewell from Oregon. You know, Oregon was the best team in the Pac-12, certainly, but the Pac-12 seems far less interested in any kind of fall season that would include a national championship run, but, but he has opted out. Oregon guys have started opting out. I did think once Oregon guys started opting out this week, there are two or three. Or in the last in the last ten days, right? Three, Sewell, I think. Yeah. Sewell and a couple other big guys. DB. That was uh, that to me was sort of like okay, like here, here, here we go, right? That that. But I did 
the, the thing we have to remember about this, and I'm not trying to put words in Wyatt Davis's mouth. None of us have talked to Wyatt Davis at this point. Um, this is a little bit like Michael Scott on The Office yelling, I declare bankruptcy. Like, there's not an opt-out committee. He didn't put in his paperwork with the opt-out committee and say, I'm never playing college football again. So he's just announcing it. And then if you go sign with an agent or you take benefits or you do something to render yourself ineligible, then that's the point that you can't come back from. So I don't know, right? If the Big Ten, and we'll get to this, but if the Big Ten votes in the next week to play football in October, I don't know. Nathan, I don't know, right? Well, I, I texted. Can't you unopt, deopt, disopt? Yeah. It's happened. Their players have done it. There was a Vanderbilt player that did it. I think there may have been a couple others. It, it, I, I sent this to our texters, and I'm not trying to create false hope. I'm not trying to spew conspiracy theories. But I, the timing of this, I thought, was interesting. That he's told, he told Pete Dammel, Yahoo, that he had this conversation with Ryan Day on Thursday. Thursday is the same day that Ryan Day sends out this letter, which I think we're going to talk about later, kind of um, jabbing at the Big Ten, but also saying that there's no reason not to have, almost kind of daring them not to have a, a fall season um, or try, try not to have a fall season. I just thought the timing was interesting that then the day after all of that, that Wyatt Davis announces. I'm not saying that um, it, it just seems like it could be another way for Ohio State to get some leverage, frankly. Um, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to marginalize the very real decision he has to make here and, and, and say that there aren't real consequences here and that he would be playing with people's emotions. I'm not alleging that at all. But I am saying that if, if you think that's the decision you're going to make, as White Davis, if that's definitely the decision you're going to make if the Big Ten does not have October football, then right before the vote, I guess there's no harm in getting a jump on that, not doing the things you're talking about that would compromise your eligibility – and seeing if that has any effect on the decision that's made. Now, the other thing to remember is Penn State's had really good players opt out. Other teams have had some really good players opt out. So it may be, again, one of those things, kind of like the, the concept of Ohio State competing for national championship, that may just not resonate with a lot of the presidents and chancellors who have to vote because other teams are, are going through it as well. I do think it's important to keep characterizing Ohio State as just in a different boat than everybody else, right? I mean, I, yeah. honestly, the only other – there's no comparison. I was going to say the only other schools that I care about comparing Ohio State to in this situation is Alabama and Clemson, but they're scheduled to play. So Ohio State is the only true national championship contender, not currently with a fall football schedule. So whatever happens at other schools, the Ohio State guys just have different equations in terms of what they're working with and making their decision. I think it's, again, it's not false hope. It's just, we're just, you know, spitballing here. I do think the idea that Wyatt Davis talked to Ryan Day about this on Thursday and Ryan Day then put out a statement Thursday afternoon, that to me is Ryan Day hearing from one of his best players, listen, I'm opting out. And Ryan Day saying like, well, then I, I better take my shot right now right? That is it a coordinated campaign between Wyatt Davis and Ryan Day? Hey, let's both put these things out and try to put pressure on the Big Ten. I don't know that it's coordinated like that. Is the timing of the two things coincidental? No, I think they're connected, obviously, right? So that if you're Ryan Day and you're thinking, I'm trying to hold this together. I want what's best for our program, for our players, for our fans, for our parents. What's just best quick, is just... Wyatt Davis being on the field. Right. And so you're what, what go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say just real quick that we're not reporting that that conversation happened before Ryan day sent that letter, but because that, I don't think it, those facts have not been established, but I think it's reasonable to assume that. And it's one of those things. It's like these guys, I mean, Ryan day has great communication with these guys. Ryan day knows what's going on. I don't think Ryan day is being blindsided by, by any of this stuff. He has an idea. He's connected to his guys. He's connected to Justin Fields and Sean Wade and Wyatt Davis and Josh Myers and Chris Olave and everybody with a decision like this. So I, I'm not, I'm not surprised, but I did think it was interesting, Nathan. It just felt like there was a little bit of some of the, the way it's one of those things. It's the way Wyatt Davis talked about it. You could sort of hear Ryan day's voice in what he said. Now 
I don't think that means Ryan Day is writing something out and saying, here, say this. When you talk to the reporters, say this. I just think it means like they're all on the same page, right? But it was interesting. Yeah. I thought Wyatt Davis was projecting like a Kevin Warren hasn't communicated well message, which again is a pretty direct for a player to say. Yeah, I mean, he, he directly told um, Pete Thamel that just kind of the, the uncertainty of the Big Ten, they were kind of waiting and waiting and waiting for something to happen. And when it didn't, he felt like he had to make the jump. I think he told some other outlets. I think he eventually, he specifically might have mentioned the commissioner in another interview he did. Um, that, that does seem to, to fall in line, not just with what Ryan Day was saying, but what we've been hearing from the, the parents committee and, and pretty much everybody around Ohio State, that the frustration has been growing for a while at just kind of the, the lack of the next step. It, it's not so much that they, again, it's not so much the cancellation. It's the, that we've gone now a month, a full month. It's been one month since today that they canceled the season and they still don't know what's next. They don't really have a picture of what's next. Steven, do you think this is the beginning of something? Are you now, Stephen Means, expecting more Ohio State opt-out announcements in the near future? I think if there's not a revote or some type of announcement in the next week, yeah, I think you do see more players opt out, like, you know, Justin Fields and Sean Way maybe makes an official announcement. But, yeah, I think Wyatt Davis gets the ball rolling of basically if – I think that conversation with Ryan, if that really is what happened on Thursday, went sort of like how Sean Wade is handling this, where it's – if it's not a fall season, I'm not playing. And I think that's what a lot of these other guys are probably thinking as well. So if there's no decision in the next 10 days, then, yeah, I think some other guys are going to start opting out. It is one of these things. We won't get to it quite yet, but the idea – I mean, if the idea is like, well, the Big Ten hasn't decided anything, we, you know what I mean? Like, we're stuck in limbo. We need a decision from the Big Ten. It's like, well, they did decide something. They canceled fall football. Like, it's like one of the things we said. It's like people – People like want a decision, but actually they, all they want is the decision that agrees with what they want. They don't, they're not so excited. It's like, we demand a revote that confirms the thing that we hate. <laughs> Do that immediately. They just want it changed. It's like, they, yeah, it, it stinks. I'm not defending the Big Ten, but I mean, to act like, I mean, the Big Ten, yeah. the, the Big Ten acted before anybody. I mean, like the, you know, the ACC and the SEC and the Big 12 and everybody who's having games postponed and pushed back and, is trying to play in the middle of this. They have a lot of uncertainty too. So um, I was very big on the January plan from the start in part because Ryan Day was so big on the January plan from the start. And then Ryan Day in his letter on Thursday was pushing a mid-October plan. Nathan, and I've had, I've had, I had someone tell me that like, I'm wrong. That like, if I, th if I thought ever that like anybody was going to stick around for the best players that were going to stick around for January season, that was not going to be the case. I still think we've talked about how everything is coalesced around play now for a national championship. I'm, I'm still a little surprised by that, but that we are at this point, Nathan, does that just feel like it to you that anybody, the NFL guys who are holding on at Ohio state, that it does, it is sort of a, a fall national championship shot or bust and that, if whenever a decision is announced or the plan is announced, if it's not October, that, that that's going to be it for most of these other guys. Yeah, I, I would assume so. I mean, I, I guess I don't really see the upside for them to stick around and play. If that's not the case, if they're not playing for a national championship, I don't know, especially even like the Thanksgiving plan. I don't really know what's in it for a player like Justin Fields, a player like Sean Wade. And I think Randy's been pretty upfront about, where they stand, they just haven't made any official announcements like the one Wyatt Davis made today. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, yeah, I think that's definitely where they are. Now, do, do I think it has to start by October 10th or these dates that have been thrown out? No, I don't. I think there's a compromise that could be reached um, or, or some other date could, could just as be just get the same thing done that Ohio State wants as far as like mid-October. It could be later in October, I think, and you could still have a small season that still puts you in contention for the college football playoff. I think that's still a, a legitimate thing. But I think what worries Ohio State is that either it's just, again, like we said, the lack of messaging or that they know what's going on behind the scenes and they know that it's not progressing towards that. And they're trying to ramp up the pressure to kind of pull people in that direction. I do wish Ohio, the Big Ten had put out a plan sooner. They could have started selling their plan. Right. I mean, again, I don't I don't mean to be the PR guy for the January plan, but there is something if you could have said 
this is what we're going to do. It's going to be awesome. We're going to do this. We're going to make it cool. We're going to play in NFL stadiums. We're going to make it feel. It's going to be double headers. We're going to try to play in Rose Bowl at the end. Like, we're going to create a special trophy for the thing. You know, I, I mean, I'm not I, – again, I, 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 we'll get – I mean, we can do, do it when it's all over. It reminded me, and I'm, I'm real strong on this, and I can, I can sway people to my way of thinking. Not everybody, but some. Rewatching the Ohio State-Oregon Rose Bowl, which was seven versus eight, had zero national title implications. If you watch that game and tell me that doesn't matter, it's worthless, it's nothing, why would I play for that? That's stupid. That's not what I'm here for. You're wrong. I'm not saying it's as good. It's not. But that, it, that it's just like worthless is just, I, I, I think that's your prisoner of your disappointment in the moment. So I don't want to get bogged down on that because I want to stay on Wyatt Davis for, for a little bit longer. Steven, let's say there's like a best case, worst case scenario. Let's say that the Big Ten does vote to play football starting in October, but Wyatt Davis keeps his opt-out so that the Buckeyes go forward starting whenever in October, but they have to find a new right guard. How big of a loss is that? Does that greatly decrease Ohio State's chances of being a national championship level team when you take an All-American off the offensive line? It does, um, because that's a big miss. Uh, we've talked about it before. We don't know who Wyatt Davis's backup would be. And, and that, that's part of the problem of when you take him off the – take him out of the equation is you don't know who's his backup and who, whoever it ends up being, that's a huge drop off on your offensive line when you already don't know what the running game is going to look like. So yeah, that's that. I don't, I'm not going to say this isn't a national championship contending team. If you lose Wyatt Davis, but that's a big blow. And say you do get into the playoff. I mean, that might be the reason why you don't get to the national championship game. Letterman Rose says he signed with an agent. So that whole thing is uh, that other conversation's dead, by the way. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, then, um, I mean, it was well, a good conversation a- while it happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it, it, it's, it's important. It's important context for the next person that opts out, though, still. I mean, that, it, that is something to remember, that when these guys opt out, that is an option they will have. But Yeah, I mean, as you said, there are guys who opted out and opted back in. And there is a difference. I mean, the the way people opt out is different. Some people are opting out because of the NFL. Some people are opting out because they feel like it's not safe, but they do want to come back and play. Um, Do you, Nathan, who is the backup? Who's the most likely candidate to be the right guard the next time Ohio State takes the field? Yeah, I'm not sure I would pick a leading candidate right now. I know that Ryan Jacoby was there the first spring practice that we got to see the only spring practice we got to see really, I guess we saw two, but the first day of spring practice, he was one running with the twos at right guard. Um, if you go back to late last season, uh, Matthew Jones had that spot. I don't know if Gavin cup would have been more in the mix if he wasn't hurt late last season, but that's somebody else. I think to keep an eye on, um, I, Enoch Vamahi was someone who was a backup left guard last season. I guess you also could throw in Harry Miller, depending on what they decide to do with the offensive line, someone they're converting from center to left guard or that, presumably will be the starting left guard this season. Do they think he fits better at right guard or they need him at right guard more? Maybe they would move him over there now that he's got some experience at another position on the interior, but who, however you look at it. But then it's still the same question that it's like, right. It it just flips. Right. So it just flips at, I'm just saying as far as specifically for right guard, I guess I wouldn't take him completely out of the mix. I just think it's more likely that they would leave him where he's been working out and, and elevate whoever has been backing up at right guard. So I think that those are the other guys who are probably in that mix. I mean, left and right matters, but I can remember, what was the season? There was a season where Billy Price and Pat Elfline started on one, one way and f- then flipped. They were the left guard and the right guard or the right guard and the left guard, and then after a couple of games, they flipped it. So, I mean, that's kind of – it's just who's the, next, who's the next guy up? I'll still keep throwing out until someone tells me I'm wrong and nobody's telling me anything, so I'll just, you know, keep throwing out random opinions. Nicholas Petit Frere guard and Paris Johnson to tackle. I mean, I'll just yeah. I'll throw it out there if we're if we're trying to play best five. Um, I included that, that in what I wrote for the site. I just that was the other thing I was going to mention. Yeah. Next time they take the field, who are their best five offensive linemen? I mean, at this point, I think they're probably the best five are Thayer Munford, Harry Miller, Josh Myers, Nicholas Petit Frere, and Paris Johnson. So it's a matter of can you is there a way you can get those five on the field together? So. Um, it's hard. I mean, like we, we're not going to get to see the, the last year of the, the Davis Myers super highway. Um, but I also, you know, it's one of those things. I don't, I'm not like downplaying it, but it's like, 
I don't know, do right guards win you national championships? You know, right? I mean, I, of course, he's awesome. And, like, if he was here, it'd be great. Um, but I don't know. They probably just positionally need Sean Wade more, right? I mean, they definitely need Justin Fields more. I mean, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you'd argue they need – who would you rather lose, Wyatt Davis or Chris Olave? I don't know. I mean, it's close. I'd maybe rather lose Davis than Olave. I'm not sure, right? I mean, it's just one of those things. And it's why Wyatt Davis isn't going to be a top 10 pick. He's probably going to be a first rounder, but it's just positionally, you know, guards aren't quite there, but he's awesome. He's as good of a guard. And there've been some really good guards. And I love the athletic guards that have come through Ohio state. He's really, really good. And he was a great guy. I mean, he still is a great guy. He's just going to the NFL. I really like Wyatt Davis. I think he is funny and he's really engaging. He's just like an excellent guy to talk to. And it was, it's funny how careers emerge, but there was a time sort of like early on where, you know, like he didn't, you know, his second year here after he redshirted, you know, he didn't like, he was a top 50 recruit. He didn't go bonkers. He didn't take anything by storm. And then it's like, he got a chance late and it was like, yeah, this guy's pretty good. And then last year he was awesome. But like, I can remember how like excited he was when he was getting his chance to play. And he just has a, he's from a really interesting family. Again, his late grandfather is hall of famer, Willie Davis. His dad's an actor who had played football. Um, He's so he's from like a really smart football family. Again, it doesn't mean other families aren't smart. It's just when you're in the game, that family's been in the game, right? He came from a really good high school program, St. John Bosco uh, in LA that like he just the Davis family totally gets every all the ins and outs of this right and he just sort of decided out of nowhere that he wanted to be a Buckeye and so it's a great story it's a great story of him ending up here um but you know if they wind up in a spot where they somehow keep the other guys and get on the field I I don't think it's like completely devastating is that fair I mean, Stephen, you had said how important you think it is. Does it lose them a game that they wouldn't have lost otherwise? You know what I mean? I think that's the way I think you just – does this mean that, okay, you know, when they play the best team on their schedule, they might lose that game instead of win it? Is it that kind of loss? No, it's not that type of loss. And part of it is – it affects the run game more than anything else. But as long as – if he's the only guy that leaves, it just puts more emphasis on the fact that it's really good that Justin Fields – as a dual threat quarterback, because you know, there's going to be some times where maybe whoever ends up being that right guard, because he's inexperienced and because he's not Wyatt Davis, a guy gets through and Justin Fields has to make a play with his legs. But no, it's not, you know, championship. It doesn't lose you a game in a, in a big, in a big 10 only season. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think, it, I don't think you lose a big 10 game, especially the compromised big 10 that we see before us now without some of the other players that have left. Um, but I think it hurts you in the playoffs. I think that's where it could be a, a difference-making kind of thing. You know, the the time that you needed to get a push up the middle that you didn't get, the time you needed to protect uh, Justin Fields and the guy was one step better than your backup, that, that sort of thing. I think that could a, – a close kind of playoff game could be decided by an absence like this. I uh... – and, and that's, you know, we can revisit this when Trey Sermon's being tackled in the backfield because the right guard missed a block and be like, oh, yeah, right guard, eh, not that big a deal, Doug. No, it matters a lot. So, um, all right, so good luck to Wyatt Davis, who, uh, who's a really good player. Boy, I'd draft him. I'd draft him. I want him in my locker room. Um, great. It's like he, he, he's – like your grandfather is a Hall of Famer, right? But, like, he doesn't um, – carry himself with like privilege. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't carry himself with uh, expectation of like, Hey, my grandfather's a hall of famer. I don't, I don't even know. Is, is uh, does somebody want to go through the list of how many Buckeyes have had grandfathers in the pro football hall of fame? I don't imagine it's a long list. So that guy like, is kind of like from, he's from, from football royalty, you know, but he grinded, man, he grinded. So really good player, like disappointing. We can all, we can all be disappointed because I like watching him play and I like talking to him. So best of luck to Wyatt Davis, wavy dubs who changed. He's growing up, man. His Twitter Sorry. handle used to be wavy dubs. And now it's like, what is it? W it's like Davis 53. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. Where's wavy dubs. I was like, oh man, wavy dubs went pro. And it was like, no, Wyatt Davis went pro. So wavy dubs will always belong to us. Right. Wavy dubs is a Buckeye. All right. Let's talk about the statement. Let's do it right after this on Buckeye talk. So Ryan Day issued a statement on Thursday. 
I am sure it's not anything new compared to what he was doing and saying behind the scenes. There are a lot of reports of a coach's call with Kevin Warren on Thursday. Uh, and then Ryan day late Thursday releases this statement. So it's, I'm sure there wasn't anything in there that Kevin Warren hadn't been told, but now, now Ryan day told it to the world. What did you think Nathan overall was the primary? I think there were multiple purposes to Ryan day's statement, which which just for anybody who didn't read about it said, you know, why can't we play? What, what am I supposed to tell my guys? How come Notre Dame and Clemson and these other schools can play and we can't? Why is that the case? What am I supposed to say? And also saying that the medical subcommittee that the Big Ten has put together has created a pathway to play in mid-October. So that was, the, that was the push. And also expressing the continued disappointment with the lack of communication. What's the number one reason Ryan Day put that out, Nathan? I think it was put out to force the Big Ten's hand a little bit. If you're not going to have a fall season, if you're going to have a season that starts in October, then you really need to explain why not because he's obviously been told that the medical committee has given them what he called, what was it, a clear path, a safe pathway to having football in mid-October. So if you're not going to do that, there needs to be a real explanation. I think that was, again, that's what Ohio State is pushing for. And it, it, it helps Ohio State more potentially than it helps any other program. Maybe it's the only program that not it helps. Potentially. In a real- not potentially. Not potentially. Right. Fine. It, but, Actually. Like, fine. So it, it helps Ohio State and maybe only and only Ohio State. So I understand why they're fighting for that. And I, But as you pointed out to our texters the other day, that's what they're supposed to be doing to some extent. And maybe there's a compromise, like I said, that comes in the middle. But I think that was the number one goal here. I know that there was kind of a difference between the overt messages here and the more subliminal messages here. But the, the real message was sent to Kevin Moore and, and to the rest and to the Big Ten presidents and chancellors to say, we know that you know you can play or that the medical committee has signed off on October football. Why are we not – why has that not been scheduled? Like, what's going on? I think that was kind of the, the main point of that. I, I do want to get into the journalistic reaction here uh, in a bit because I think, I think our listeners and our texters are interested in that. Stephen, what's the number two reason? What are Stephen, what else – beyond – trying to apply pressure to Kevin Warren. Why else did Ryan Day do that? Was there any other reason, do you think? I think he I mean, he wants as many of these guys to play as possible. And he can see – I mean, he just lost Wyatt Davis. He doesn't want to lose anybody else. But also, he wants to make sure that the guys on this current team, but also the, recruit, the recruits out there, know that they're still fighting for them. And that's a, a major push for Ryan Day is to make sure that these recruits know and the, his players know that they care about him. And the recruits have noticed that whether they're committed here or not, they, they've all noticed that. And so that's, that's part of this is they want recruits out there to know that they're going to continue to fight for this team, no matter what. He's playing the PR game while also trying to get what he actually wants. Right. And I do yeah. think it's interesting that, that he has changed. I mean, everything, but, but again, the day after August 12th, the day after they canceled, he was all in on January immediately. And now he's in on mid-October. So there has been this switch along the way where all of a sudden, no, not all of a sudden, but there was a transformation in the last month that Ohio State went from, well, let's make a plan and have it be this and we can still play and whatever to like, we want to be in the actual national title picture and play this fall. So I don't know exactly how that came to be or where that transformation came from, but it's clearly a transformation from Ryan day. I think some of why they've changed that a little bit is seeing how everybody else is handling fall football, because I mean, I just watched Gabe powers play last Friday night. It's very possible to play within this pandemic and play safely and do the things necessary to do so. And I think they, I mean, they've obviously can't go watch these players in person, but they've seen highlights and seen things in their own regard. So I think that plays a role in it that, the other three of the other five, you know, power five schools are playing, but also watching schools within his own state play, watching his commits play and seeing it work, seeing the NFL do it last night, you know, start their season. I think that plays a role in it as well. I think that's half the equation. And the other half is in the moment, I think what he said made a lot of sense, right? You know, the January idea, I, I think he was saying that in good faith. And I, but I also think that they probably, they were caught a little bit off guard by the, the finality of that announcement, maybe. And I think once he, he probably later found out that some of his concepts as far as who would stick around all the way until a season didn't start until January might not have been accurate in the moment. And I think that's another reason why Ohio State has started pushing because of what we just saw with White Davis. They want to keep as many of those guys as they can. And I don't think those guys are waiting for January. 
So you want to keep the guys in. You want to make a show of faith to your recruits and your current players that you are fighting for them. I thought at some point, you know, Ryan Day was doing a lot of hashtag fights early on that I just sort of like that kind of like that felt like throwing fuel on the fire to have the parents go out and fight because he was trying to be like he can't you can't rail publicly every day. Right. Or people start tuning you out. But I thought he had not made like a big public statement in a while. And so Ohio State certainly believes that there is is a decision, the next decision. I don't even know if I want to call it a reboot. It's the, I mean, they had to make another decision at some point. So that's what this is, um, is coming soon. And that's on the record from multiple administrators across the Big Ten, right? That that's, I think, people in Wisconsin and Nebraska and people are saying like, this is coming. So I think they think it's coming in the next handful of days and so if you're going to go with it i mean you have to make your big last stand you know there's no there's no sense in holding back at any point but i did the one thing that i liked is that ryan day deployed which i think what i think is the most effective way of asking a question which is to cut the legs out of the answer of the first answer before they can give it and that he said you know if this is a medical and science decision on behalf of the presidents and the chancellors and it is i mean it was for sure mm-hmm. um I, it's it's not i mean why would you shoot your own foot and give up all this money and have everybody scream at you like that's not why anybody would do it they did it because they thought it was the best thing from that standpoint but to say your own the big 10's own subcommittee the medical subcommittee has created a pathway for safe football in october is like cutting out is like well, that's what you would say. Well, we can't play it safely. He's like, no, you can play it safely. So what's your next reason for not playing? And he put that right out there. Um, it's, just, it's, just, it's, just good, it's just good question asking. It's just good strategy. So, um, but I also think, I, I, I don't know, right? It's, uh, if you read that as like, okay, that's going to be like the last thing that gets the Big Ten over the top and that, look, Ryan Day made a statement that means they're going to play. That means that this is going to work and they're going to play in mid-October. I think you also definitely could read it as Ryan Day sort of knows like maybe the ship is going down and so he's going to go down swinging, right? Much closer to how I'm reading it right now. I think that that's that and what, you know, why Davis announcing day. There just seem to be a lot of things. If a vote is coming up on, Sunday or Monday or early next week that could potentially start the season by mid-October, I don't think Wyatt Davis is opting out today. Unless, and especially if he is signing with an agent, like if he's fully, fully gone, I don't know. That, that does not seem to bode well for what Ohio State wants. So, so I thought it was an interesting statement. And, and, and let's get into the journalistic thing. And then I want to get, we'll finish up at the end of the podcast with, what we actually think might be the next thing that happens, like what the actual vote may end up being. Um, there has a, a great debate, at least on Twitter, and Twitter's not the real world, as you guys know. But there has a, something has evolved, and there's, there, are, there do seem to be sides, and it's the journalists who are like attacking each other um, around national writers that some Ohio state media and fans view as mouthpieces of the big 10 who are sort of like putting out the big 10 line of thinking. And then clearly there are Ohio state journalists who are mouthpieces for Ohio state who only say things that Ohio state agrees with. And, and, and like, I'm not saying that's good or bad. It's true. I mean, you can go point it out, go show me where some of these websites ever have said anything in the past month that has been anything other than hundred percent pro Ohio state. So that's just the way it is. I mean, if you want to debate and say, no, that's not true, come on the podcast and debate. That's the reality. So there's mouthpieces on one side and mouthpieces on the other side. And frankly, I don't want to have anything to do with either of them. And I am not a particular fan of my journalistic brethren at the moment. Because, and as with most, as with too much, not most, but too much journalism right now, it's, it's one side or the other. And people are just, talking about shooting yourself in the foot, people are writing a story and the story's good. And then they're tweeting about it in a way that is like, why did you tweet that? Why, what was the point of tweeting that? Present your facts, talk to your people, present the facts, maybe have some expertise and opinion in the piece, but then you tweet something that is doing you no favors, is unfair, does certainly feel like it's coming from one side, 
And what is your point? Because there are things on both sides here. Nathan, are you frustrated? I am frustrated journalistically. And in general, I, I am on the side of journalists. I am on the side of, I, actually, I take that back. I'm on the side of journalism. I'm not always on the side of journalists because I think there's a lot of ding-dongs in this profession, just like there's a lot of ding-dongs in every profession. And so I don't want to throw my lot in with every ding-dong. But journalism, that, that I'm behind. Are you frustrated at all by how this has been covered and the way that some people have expressed their views on it? Or do you feel like, you know what, this is, this is the way it is. Lots of journalists have opinions on things and I, there's no surprises here. Yeah, you know, I've, I've had some back and forth with some of our texters and people on Twitter, and it may be the same people, um, who have complained about my quote unquote uh, negativity or only reporting negative news. And the problem is right now that it's both. Like, I think it's worth pointing out. And I think you can be an independent journalist who sees the merit in what Ohio state has argued and report that and, and comment on that. But I think you also, a lot of these same outlets are not the ones who are, I think every time you report that every time you see that, you know, James Franklin is up in arms about, um, you know, where's the, where's the message from the big 10? You have to point out that Penn state just shut down a bunch of practices because of COVID tests. I mean, it's, it's a balance right now. And I think that's, what's missing. That's what frustrates me is that I don't feel like the balance is there. I don't think that it's not again, that the people on who are only reporting one side of those things are, are, are wrong in their interpretation, but I think it has to be balanced because it's, it, it simply is not the case that everything is beautiful and perfect out there and there's no legitimate reason why someone would still have a medical concern and why a president or chancellor might still vote not to have football this fall. That's just, it, it's, that's not the case. And if you're presenting it like that and that there's some big conspiracy uh, by, by a cabal of the rest of the big 10 to, to take a, uh, to, to, to take down Ohio state, uh, which is what some of the commentary has kind of trended towards. I think that's unfortunate. Steven, you're a young journalist. Are you frustrated? Are you curious about any of this? Or is this just sort of your interpretation of the way the, way the journalism world operates these days? I mean, we, uh, yeah, we live in a world of you know, opinion journalism, but I do think there's a way to report things by just being the messenger and not always, you know, chiming in your piece about it. Obviously, we do that on Buckeye Talk a lot here, but like every time something happens, you don't have to have your piece with it. I think there's a way to report. Like, as Nathan said, yes, there are some good – there are other places that are playing football right now, but it's not necessarily perfect. There's a way to report that without, you know, making it seem like you're rooting for one side to win over the other side. Right. And I think that applies to as much. I know that people have, like you said, Ohio state fans are complaining about the way some national media have, I guess, mostly tweeted about it. Not, not necessarily their reporting, but some of their comments and tweets that they've sent. Um, but I think it also applies to if you're on the Ohio state beat and the Rutgers president gives an interview and is upfront with the way that he's thinking about this, which is fairly refreshing because you're not getting that throughout the big 10 or especially from the big 10 uh, leadership, but it, not even every president and chancellor is kind of going on the record and being transparent about how they're thinking. And those immediately get retweeted like, well, screw Rutgers who needs Rutgers anyway, which may be a ranch you're about to have anyway too, but I'm just, it's certainly one we've had before, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it, one of the, it's the same thing. You're still, you're still, you're still uh, leading with your agenda more than giving a, a journalistic uh, take on something. So I scream. Yeah. Really? But, yeah. That microphone is just for show. Yeah. Right. I'm yeah. recording it. I'm recording that from the east side of Ohio or of Columbus, and you're up in the suburbs. We can still hear you. There is a way to scream genially. I think. And I think if you can be occasionally like self-deprecating and make fun of yourself, I used to think it was self-depreciating. Anybody else ever, ever think that in their life? No. If you, if you were self-depreciating, like you're, like you're lowering your own value, like depreciation, right? Doesn't that make sense? I'm self-depreciating. You know, like I drove off the lot and I immediately lost a third of my value. I'm knocking my own value down. It's self-deprecating if you didn't know that. People sometimes accidentally say self-defecating, which is even funnier. <laughs> Actually, that also applies to me. <laughs> Which is, it's well, almost, it's actually closer to self-defecating than self-depreciating. Yeah. What is, but never mind. I don't want to have that conversation. Continue, Doug. I'm sorry. Is, no. So I do I, think the, a look 
that has grown tiresome in the last month, in particular since the Big Ten canceled, but in general, over the course of since the pandemic started in March, is know-it-allism, right? And I'm a know-it-all, but I think you have to at times be able to say like, I don't know, because we don't know. And that's what I want to get to with whatever this final decision is going to be, because I will tell you, nobody knows. You don't know how the final vote's going to go because you don't know what a president's going to decide. And a president could decide, could change his or her mind at the last moment. So, so I don't, it's like, do I want to put, I don't want to, I don't want to put people's names on things, but I don't, I don't want to not put people's names on things. So I think I will put people's names on things. And any of these journalists, I don't know, you can think I'm being unfair, tag them and say, Doug Maurice said this about you. And then they can come on the podcast. I think Nicole Auerbach and Pat Forty, Nicole Auerbach from The Athletic and Pat Forty from SI.com, both had tweets, not stories, but tweets after the Ryan Day statement that I think didn't do them any favors. And, and both of them were sort of the implication that like, well, Ohio State's just complaining about this stuff because they want to win a national championship, right? Nathan, is that a fair characterization of their, their two tweets about it? Yes, it was, a, it was a less nuanced way of saying the things we were just saying five minutes ago about Ohio State looking out for number one, which is what they're supposed to do. Which is what they're supposed hey, to do! Duh. <laughs> so that's my, other, that's my other thing. It's like, it's not, it, it, sometimes it's not what you say, it's how you say it. You, so, but they, you, you say it a little the, less flippantly. I mean, okay, but you stated the obvious, like it was some, you know, breaking news thing. Obviously. I mean, just in a world where we've talked about before, the big dogs throw their weight around sometimes. And like, of course, and if you don't understand that Ohio State's coming at this from a different place, that Ohio State has more at stake in a lot of ways, it doesn't mean Ohio State doesn't care about health and safety. But in the health and safety football balance, there's more on the football side of the equation at Ohio State than there is at Rutgers or Northwestern or Minnesota or anywhere else, anywhere else in the Big Ten. So like, why can't we acknowledge that and the other thing is Ohio State doesn't get to make the decision. And in all of this stuff, there are protesters on both sides. And then you have decision makers in the middle. So the thing that I don't like is the frustration with the final decision makers over their lack of transparency, over their lack of communication, I think is very reasonable. But if people are going to be on opposite sides, that's the nature of how everything works. You have this side, you have that side, and then you have people in the middle who take that all into account and come to the best possible decision. So to just spend all your time screaming about the people on the sides, as much as some people said, well, it's not Kevin Warren's fault. Why don't we talk to the presidents? But somebody is at the heart of this, pulling it all together, right? Taking it all into account and trying to form a cohesive, collaborative decision that is a tough one, but it's the, the best possible world for as many people involved as possible. But to be to go bonkers that, that Ohio State is, is pushing for this, of course they are. But on the other side, and these are the people, the Ohio State reporters, and I, I don't, Letterman Rowe, Buckeye Scoop. I mean, you guys have Twitter. You can go through and see it. Bobby Carpenter, who's a former Ohio State player but has a radio show in Columbus, has been very vocal on it. But to act like that a school on the other side who doesn't want to play has no justification or is ruining Ohio State's life, that also I don't think is right because they're in a very different place, right? So there's lots of issues with the process, the lack of communication that I think everybody can agree on. But if you don't understand that there's two sides to the issue, I, I mean, what are we doing here? So there are people on both sides that I don't like how they've handled themselves. And they probably don't like me. That's fine. And they can talk about me on their podcast. But that it, it's very, very frustrating to me that everybody is so entrenched. And the world is not out to get Ohio State unfairly. But the idea that Ohio State only cares about itself and is like pushing for something that's bad for the Big Ten or is, is unreasonable to push for, that's bonkers too. So I'm very, and I'm not trying to, be, I'm the president of the Football Writers Association, right? I mean, like, I, I've been doing this a long time. I'm not a homer. I do like to yell. I'm not a negative Nelly who's always, 
I think there's a lot of people who I just don't like where they've gone. And a lot of it, the reporting is good, but the way it's expressed and the lack of acknowledgement of the other side, this is a really, really tough spot. And if you're a parent, I get it. You don't have to have the other side in mind. If you're a player, I get it. Ryan Day, you don't have to have the other side in mind. Ryan Day should worry about Ohio State. But man, if you're a journalist, can we open our eyes and our ears and our minds a little bit and not rail against stuff, man, watch your tweets, man. I, I'm just, it's a little advice from Dougie. Dougie says, watch your tweets. And I say that as someone who screams more than anybody. So I just, I just, I'm frustrated. I'm, I, I haven't liked any part of it. I haven't liked any part of it. So we'll come back after the last break and we'll say where we think things might be with the decision that is coming and what it might actually mean for the Big Ten and Ohio State right after this on Buckeye Talk. All right, back on Buckeye Talk, Doug, Nathan, and Steven. So there's a vote, whatever it is, decision probably coming soon. We're not going to report a day, not going to tweet. It's going to be on this day, and then when it doesn't happen, say, no, it's going to be on this day, and then report doesn't happen, say, no, it's going to be on this day. We're just going to say Ohio State's expecting a vote somewhat soon, and, and people at the highest levels of different universities in the Big Ten have said on the record they're expecting some kind of decision by the Big Ten chancellors and presidents soon. Nathan, again, as we understand it, it was 11 to 3 reported the Big Ten. They said it was 11 to 3 to cancel for the fall. That three would have to turn into a nine in order to play, right? Correct. That's that's how I understand it, and that's how it's been reported by multiple people, that that same 60% threshold would have to be met. You know, I am a little confused by that, but I don't want to dive into it too much on a live podcast because I don't think it's worth it because we don't have an answer. But, like – what if they just say, like, we want to play in November, we want to play at Thanksgiving, that's not really changing our mind, but that's the plan we came up with. Does that, can that just pass by a majority? Can that be 8-6? Again, when, when you're dealing with an organization like this that does not publicize some Talk. of those, well, but, but when not, not, not even more than that, but when, when they don't put out, you know, it isn't like you're dealing with a local government that has, you know, codified things that are public as far as what they have to follow to pass things and nor should they necessarily be. It's not that kind of organization, but because of that, there is more mystery involved in, in what exactly it takes sometimes to, to get these things done. They do have bylaws. They do have bylaws, but yeah. So anyway, but they but have they're not co- public, right? Well, they were public. They're, they're, they're out there. I think there was, they, they were out there at some point that whatever they're going to decide. I do think some of the lawyers are going nuts about like the Robert rules of order stuff. I <laughs> I'm skeptical. I don't think like that the big 10 not no. following Robert's rules of orders gets was what's going to create October football. So some of the most childish social media stuff has come from the lawyers, frankly, I think. Yeah, no, I, 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 I mean, I don't know. Lawyers, lawyers are going to lawyer, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, but, but also let's not, let's not like take, let's not act like what the lawyers who have more of a bias than anybody, because they're serving clients. Let's not like act like they are the final authority on anything. Right. That's the thing. It's right. like, oh, well, well, a lawyer did this. It's like, well, yeah, but like a lawyers say stuff all the time. They're like, they're like publicly trying a case. Let's let, you know, other people be the judge and jury on this. So I, there's one, there's a Twitter account that I think has been putting out some information that I think it's okay to use to, to let some of this information factor into how people are thinking about this. So uh, Brian Schottenstein is a member of the Schottenstein family that, is a huge Ohio State booster, the Schottenstein Center, where the basketball team plays. They, they own the Value City Furniture, Value City Arena. That's them. I mean, they're huge. Robert Schottenstein was uh, – his dad was on the board of trustees for a long time. I think he was the president of the board of trustees. It's a hugely influential family in Ohio State. And he, he's, his, uh, he's been around – Brian Schottenstein's a guy who's been around. He used to, like, hang out with some of the – like, Terrell Pryor and some of those guys like that. He's – I met him at a – I didn't meet him. He was at a thing one time where Terrell Pryor and Braxton Miller were like signing autographs together um, at a Columbus sporting goods store several years ago. And I just thought it was so interesting that they were there at the same time. And I was there, I covered that with like one other TV station and like Brian Schottenstein was there hanging out. So he's around, he's around. His Twitter handle is Dashot, D-A-S-C-H-O-T-T. He has been tweeting. He tweeted in the last couple days, and he's just putting it out there. And I'm just telling you, this is different than like random people saying it. Okay. It's different than random people saying it. He tweeted on September 8th, 
Unfortunately, only we only have seven schools who are willing to play Big Ten football this year. We need to sway a couple more. We don't have both Michigan schools, Illinois, Northwestern, Northwestern, Rutgers, Purdue, and Maryland. That was on September 8th. On September 10th, he tweeted, looks like Rutgers and Purdue are starting to move in the right direction, getting the votes we need to start a Big Ten football season in late October. Also, Penn State, Wisconsin, Indiana are yes votes with the original schools, which is Iowa, Nebraska, and Ohio State. So if that's Penn State, Wisconsin, Indiana, that's three more joining the first three. Then Rutgers and, and, and Purdue, that gets you to eight. So that would be a thing. And then he, t- he tweeted again right after that, well, we lost the Rutgers vote, and the Rutgers president talked to Steve Politi from our sister NJ.com website and said, like, Rutgers is not that interested in this. Um, he said, I hope we can hold the eight votes, which should be enough to recall the original vote for the, per the Big Ten bylaws. Votes will be on, on an October season by Monday. That's what he said. So listen, that's a booster. That's a big-time booster who talks to a bunch of people. So here's my point on this. If you think you know which way the final decision is going to go, you don't know. Because I think there are some schools on each side that are probably locked in on their vote, and I think there's some schools in the middle. And they might change their mind either way between now as these words are coming out of our mouths and when the vote is taken. So that's where I am, Nathan. It's like, is there going to be October football? It's like, I have no idea because I do not know how some of the presidents in the middle might vote. And I don't know what medical information they're going to be presented. I don't know who they're talking to in their state government. I don't know who they're talking to among their donors and their boosters. I don't think pressure alone is going to do it. I think if you have big moneyed people who support your athletic department saying, hey, I'm not going to give you money, that's different than pressure. That's money. Science matters. There's a lot that matters. So Nathan, I don't know what's going to happen, but I think probably at the moment, it's probably pretty close. Are you? Is that where you are, Nathan, or are you somewhere else on how this vote might turn out? Right. So like you, I've been following Brian Schottenstein's Twitter account. I thought he had good intel. I know his standing. So, I mean, that, that seemed like someone who knew probably what they were talking about. But at the same time, you know, I reading the Rutgers president's comments yesterday, and he, that does not sound like a team that has been in the middle at all. And Brian Schottenstein's kind of presenting it as like, well, we had Rutgers, now we lost them. And I, I don't think that's accurate. So again, it's, I, I think it's at best close. But again, the, the when you read the tea leaves a little bit between the statement that Ohio State put out, kind of the urgency that we're feeling from Ohio State, that does not make me seem like it's close as far as getting football back imminently. So you think that it's not going to be a vote that allows October football? That would be your guess at this point? Not, not this October 10th thing that people have been October out there. O- October 10th is not going to happen at this point. Right. Late for I could see it happening later in October. I could see it happening, you know, October 24th, Halloween weekend. I mean, I, th- I still think those are perfectly reasonable compromises that get everything or a lot of what Ohio well, State where wants we are. and, and let's still addresses off. some concerns. So throw out October 10th. I mean, nobody thinks that – I don't think October 10th. I mean, who knows? I mean, I'm not – again, I open to anything. I, di- I talked to somebody the other day um, – on the idea of would you still need, do you need four weeks to get ready? And somebody was like, nah, maybe not a full four weeks because they have been working out. They have been practicing. They, they don't have to acclimate as much. So they kind of were like, don't, don't hang your head on four weeks. So as we're but talking. But not every program is doing that right now. There are programs that are right. shut down from workouts right now. And that complicates things. That's what I tried to point out to people the other day. It's like, even if there was momentum towards October 10th, October 17th, whatever you want to call mid-October, even if there was momentum towards that, uh, Wisconsin shutting down for two weeks. Okay, uh, so that's, but here's the point. Here's the point. The point is, can they play for a national championship or not? So that's the issue. Whatever. That's the starting point. The starting point is, can they play for a national championship or not? So let's, let's make that the question. So you think, I think it could go either way on that. And I have no idea, and I'm not going to pretend. But do you think, did, would you, you, what you were saying, Nathan, do you think at the moment your belief is probably not on a vote that would allow Ohio State to play a schedule this fall that puts them in the national championship race, or you think that's still up in the air? I would, I would lean towards not only just, again, based on what we're seeing from Ohio State, the actions and the tone that we're seeing from Ohio State right now that seems to be that they – kind of what you were saying before, that it feels like they, they, they feel this need to push because it's not happening in what they're doing behind the scenes. Steven, do you have a vibe? Are you reading the tea leaves, or are you up in the air? Yeah, um, 
I'm up in the air, but I would probably lean probably not as well. And that's part of, I think Ohio State knows that too. And that's why they're doing some of the things they've done, done over the last 24 hours. But I do think that, you know, this weekend will help push whoever is on the fence about whether they want to play or not might push them one way or the other after they've seen some of the other Power Five conferences go through a, go through a game. So I do think it's not it's not going through the game. It's what comes out of the game, I think, yeah. right? I mean, I think it's like you can lead up to a game. Okay, did you have enough positive uh, – did you have enough success in your testing and your containment that you could play it? That's a big step that you could play it. And then when you come out of it, is everybody good a couple of days afterwards when you test out of it? So uh, I, I think this is different that we're seeing the ACC play this weekend. That is, I think, an important step. I think that might be information worth gathering. I don't know if there's certain things they're waiting for, but, again, you know, if I were the Big Ten, I, I would gather the data on other conferences like you playing. How did it go? That would seem to be an important data point to me. So maybe maybe you want to wait and see, okay, well, let's see, did they test after the Notre Dame game and then was everybody okay? Um, so I don't know. But I think so in the end, yeah. I mean, I think Ohio State's giving its, its, its best last effort here. But what if I'm – not, I'm not telling you any inside info. I'm just – we're not pretending. What if Gene Smith gets on the phone with an AD at a school that's a, that's a no vote for October right now and has like a really interesting persuasive conversation this weekend. And that AD then calls his or her president and, ha and relays that same kind of thing and has a persuasive conversation. And that president changes his or her mind. Like, I don't think that's impossible. Right. I mean, it's like no. if, if, if you're no. one or two votes away in Ohio State, right? So I do think, and the thing in the end that I think is fair is I do not think every school in the Big Ten should be voting only on its own self-interest. I think your own self-interest has to come first, but I think you need to have the interests of the other schools in your conference who are in different situations than you. I think that should be something. And I think the overall health, welfare, and future status of your conference as a whole is worth something. So I do not think there should be any schools that says, nope, we're not playing, that's it, my vote's no, right? Because you can always opt out yourself, but vote for the conference to be able to play. I think that is a, a, a very potentially reasonable vote for a school to make. And if that's the kind of case that Ohio State or Nebraska or Penn State or anybody else who wants to play can make to a no vote and say, listen, we are not asking you to play. We're asking you to vote to let us play and then you not play if you don't want to. That's okay. I think that's potentially persuasive. Now, you might catch some own some heat from your own school of like, not now, now, now is it not only your conference is not playing, it's now your conference is playing, but you're not. But maybe you have to take that heat for the good of the conference and for the good of your brothers. So I don't know. So I'm just not going to pretend that this is locked in until we have the official word from the big 10. And so that is my genial opinion that is on neither side that will keep everybody listening to this podcast with a song in their heart because we're not trying to be a mouthpiece for anybody. Nathan, any last words on, on your view of like that in particular, right? Do you think that's a persuasive argument? Vote yes for the conference to play this fall, even if your school isn't going to? Yeah, I mean, I think you would do it in kind of stages, right? You would vote on, like, who, who is completely against playing football this October? And then maybe those people just don't even vote at all. And you, you've, I don't know. But it's, it's, I think what gets confusing there is then it's about how much you're willing to fracture the conference to do this. And I think that's probably one of the things that's creating some of the arguments behind the scenes. Like, and, and I don't know what Kevin Warren's stance is on that. But that may be one of the things that's holding this up, right? That they that there's concern about moving forward as half a conference or whatever to having a football season. I understand why people might think it's reasonable. I guess I can understand also though, why people have uh, concerns about that. All right. So we'll do a podcast whenever there's a decision. So I think it's going to be whatever soon is. I don't know. We're recording this little afternoon on Friday. Um, I think in the next, I think in the next, probably within the next week would be my guess. Cause at some point you got to make a call, right? So um, that's where we are. 
What, what? I, I would assume they wait until the teams that play this coming weekend do their testing. Like, it may be. It may be probably 48 hours after games just for the sake of getting some feedback on how things went afterward. I almost think that the, it would be imprudent not to wait at that point. Like, why, yeah. why wouldn't you? Like, why wouldn't you get that last data set before you made a decision? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's reasonable. Um, all right. Buckeye Retalkables 2010 Rose Bowl that capped off the 2009 season. Chip Kelly versus Jim Tressel. Terrell Pryor versus Jeremiah Masoli. Jake Ballard leaping up into the Pasadena sky. That will be a bonus Saturday pod. We're going to take a little break here on Friday afternoon, and then we'll come back and sit down and record that. That was going to be the Friday podcast, but there's too much going on. So Wyatt Davis opting out. Ryan Day giving a statement. Everyone waiting to see what the Big Ten does next. We appreciate you guys hanging with us. For Nathan and Steven, I'm Doug. And that was Buckeye Talk.